For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we've got on a very special guest. He is the leader of the People's Party of Canada, and this is the one and only Maxime Bernier. Welcome to the show. Very pleased to be with you. That's a nice opportunity for me. Awesome. No, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. I've been following you for a couple of years, and I've watched some of your interviews. I think I first... The first one I watched was the one you did with my friend Dave Rubin on the Rubin yeah. Report, and I really loved your ideas and your vision, and so I'm really excited to talk to you today. Thank you very much. It's an exciting time also here in Canada and in a lot of uh, other countries. So, yeah, we it's a challenging time for people who believe uh, in uh, freedom and personal responsibility. Mm. So what's going on in Canada right now? Because I have a lot of followers, friends, supporters who are over there. And it looks like the situation in Canada is, it looks like people's rights and liberties are being infringed on even more than they are in Europe and the UK. So what's going on in Canada? Yes. First of all, we must know that um, all these, we, we had uh, draconian lockdowns all across the country imposed by provincial governments. Uh, not the federal government, but actually the, the liberal federal government uh, was uh, pushing for that also. Uh, the Trudeau government gave uh, a lot of financial support for uh, the provinces and also for the individuals when we had these uh, lockdowns all across the, the country. That being said, right now, uh, they are opening a little bit more during the summertime. But uh, I was in Manitoba a month ago and uh, I was there to do some rallies because we are in a kind of a pre-election mode. Uh, we are supposed to be in election this uh, fall, a general election in Canada. And so I was uh, campaigning across the country. And um, when I was in uh, Manitoba, uh, just before I arrived in Manitoba a month ago, uh, the premier uh, did a press conference and said that I was not welcome. And uh, if I'm coming, he said something like my wallet would be emptier, uh, something like that. So and before going there, I received also a letter from the head of the, uh, uh, the healthcare department. And they told me that, you know, I was not welcome. If I'm coming, I will have to do a quarantine for 10 days. But, you know, I, I was campaigning. I cannot do that. So I said uh, on Twitter that uh, it's my constitutional right to travel across this country and I'll be there. But what is happening right now in Manitoba, in Quebec, in other provinces, they don't want, uh, when I'm saying they, these uh, traditional politicians don't want to have any, uh, any other politicians or people saying the opposite of what they're saying on lockdowns and on uh, 
the virus. And so uh, they tried to stop me uh, in Manitoba and they were successful because uh, when I arrived, I did a, a smaller rally and also a meeting, a meeting with my people in a park because I'm doing that all across the country. You don't have the right to have a meeting inside with people. So I'm doing that in a public uh, park with uh, with our people and i was having a discussion with the writing associations of my organization in manitoba and after that i received uh, two tickets uh one for illegal gathering uh over there the rule is uh, more than five person in a park it's illegal and we were maybe 10 and also for not being in in quarantine because i arrived uh, the day before and they gave me two tickets and they said, you know, if you go on with your rallies, because I had a big rallies plan in Winnipeg a Saturday afternoon. And uh, so they said, if you go on with these rallies, you you are taking a risk to be arrested. And actually, I decided to go on and I was arrested. I was arrested um, and cuffed and put in jail like a criminal for about 10 hours. Um, and for a non-crime, just uh, after a gather, political gathering in a park. And uh, that was just to stop me, and they didn't want me to do my rally in Winnipeg, and I was not able to do that rally because I was in jail. So that was uh, political repression. Um, the premier uh, said and was very clear that he didn't want me to speak over there, and they used the police and they put me in jail just to be sure that I won't be able to, to speak and to uh, and to do these uh, rallies. So that's what is happening right now. And actually, right now in uh, Atlantic Canada, uh, it's the same thing. Um, you cannot travel there right now. Uh, it's not open. You can travel uh, in other provinces, but not in Manitoba and not in Atlantic Canada. Uh, so, but they will open and they are opening right now this summer. But what they are saying to us, it's, oh, you know, this fall, there's a big variant over there. And, uh, you know, we can uh, do at our other lockdowns. But if you have your vaccine, uh, maybe if 80% of the population um, is able to have uh, two vaccines, and maybe this fall we won't have any lockdown so they are using that to push the population to have that vaccine and mm -hmm. like i said publicly i think i'm the only politician that you know i believe in freedom of choice with the right information also and i said publicly that i won't take the vaccine because i'm 58 years old i think i'm in shape i'm running marathons and if i have covid 19 i have 0.05 percent chances of dying from it so i decided not to take it but um, that's not what is happening right now in this country they are pushing the population to be sure that they will have more and more people taking that vaccine uh, and uh, they are saying to us you know if you don't take the vaccine if we don't have enough of the population we will go back to these lockdowns and you might be not able to go to a cinema or to a hockey game or a baseball game so I, I think it's it's not moral what they're do, doing right now. And actually, if you decide to have the vaccine, you don't have the full information also at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I don't recognize my country anymore. That's why, uh, you know, I said, you know, it's a little bit like China. Uh, we had a curfew in Montreal for about maybe eight months uh, in, in Ontario. They had a stay at home uh, order. 
Um, so, and I think they will give us a little bit of our freedom this summer, but I'm scared for what will happen this fall. Mm. Why do you think it is that Canada in particular, and also just generally the so-called Western democracies, seem to have taken some of the most authoritarian approaches to this whole situation? Um, you know, whether you're looking at the UK, Canada, countries in Western Europe, certain parts of the USA, especially the so-called liberal areas, Australia, New Zealand, etc. There's been this very strange thing that's happened where the places that are supposed to be more liberal and supposed to be more progressive have actually become the most tyrannical. Why do you think that is? Uh, you have a point there. And here in Canada also, uh, we elected conservative gov governments at the provincial level, and they are the worst. The mm. NDP, the socialist government in British Columbia, it, you know, they don't, they didn't do any of these uh, lockdowns, draconian lockdowns. But in province, in provinces, when you you have a, a conservative, supposed to be a free market a government, they they are they were the worst. So um, I can explain that maybe by the fact that uh, they scared the population with that virus. They were very efficient to do that. And actually, um, the population, if you do some survey, maybe 65, 70% of the population uh, was in favor uh, last winter and last spring with these uh, lockdowns because they mm. were scared. And, and they spend a lot of money to do some advertising. I call it propaganda. So put that together, the propaganda, the money that they spend. So they, they, in the beginning of that uh, of that pandemic, they they had the, the big majority of the population on their side. And so it's and also at the same time, you didn't have in Canada and I don't know in UK or in other countries, but you didn't have any official opposition that was against these lockdowns, because if you're a political party that is in the opposition and you are the of official opposition, your goal is to be in government, is to be in power. So you don't want to speak against 65, 70% of the population. You mm. want to have their support. So I think that's why, you know, we were not able to listen to the other side of the story. It was very hard. And the only politician in Ottawa, uh, leader of the National Political Party against these draconian lockdowns. And But when I'm saying that, maybe only 20% of the population is ready to hear that. And, uh, and you know, so if you're a traditional politician that your goal is to be in government, you won't speak against that because uh, they were successful to change the public opinion. So mm -hmm. in Canada, we have kind of a two fights. First, the first one in court, because, you know, I will be in court in Manitoba at the end of this month. That was illegal when I was arrested. Uh, illegal, uh, unconstitutional, unfair, and we have a strong case against our Charter of Rights also. So I'll be in the court uh, maybe at the end of this month, I don't remember the date, and I will win that. So we need to win in court because we don't want these lockdowns to, to come back in, in next fall. If we have a precedent in court, that will help. So, But also as a politician, I'm doing the battle uh, to change the public opinion. And, and that's, that's the, the big task. When the public opinion will be on our side with a big, a huge majority, 
I think it would be a lot. Uh, it would be more uh, difficult for these uh, traditional politicians to to impose more draconian measures. Um, but uh, you know, they are listening to the World Health Organization, to the UN, and these uh, globalists uh, try and they they think that they know better than the population, and they try to manage everything. Mm. Um, so that's um, that's my kind of. Ex- of uh, the way that I try to to understand all that, but uh, it's a little bit scary that all these countries together put uh, in front of their population and pose to their population the same kind of measures. Mm. Have you ever seen anything like this in your lifetime before? No, no, never, never. Mm. When I'm, you know, and when I'm traveling across the country, uh, the people who are coming at our rallies are, yes, Canadians, but a lot of people coming from uh, former communist countries. And mm-hmm. uh, and they know. And, and they're, they're telling me, Maxime, I came here to celebrate freedom, to be free. I didn't want to be in a communist country anymore. And now what I'm hearing in the news and, and everywhere, it's like being in a communist country. And that's why it's important to do that fight. And we, they understand a little bit more than uh, uh, other Canadians that, uh, you know, when you start that, it can be a, a, a very risky for your, for your freedoms or your rights. And it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it disturbs me how long this has gone on for. I mean, at the beginning, I mean, I, I opposed lockdowns, mass mandates. I, I opposed all of it from the very beginning. With that said, I could understand, given the level of fear and uncertainty you know, going back more than one year ago, say maybe 14 months ago, I can understand how some people were that scared. But it blows my mind that here we are now in July 2021, and the vaccination rollout has happened across multiple countries. The numbers in terms of hospitalizations and deaths are very, very low in all of these countries. The actual genuine risk has been so mitigated, and there's so much more information now. But People are still in this mode of of crisis and fear and high level threat, and that's that really blows my mind because I'm like, well, what are you, what are, what are you scared of now, or like, what 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 does it what is it going to take for you to go back to normal, right? Some people, you know, have gone back to normal. Some people never left normal, but for the people who really really got into this thing and you know were 100 percent on board with everything. I'm like, okay, surely now at this point, you know, you've had your you've had your vaccines, and everyone who wants them has had them, and the the numbers are this low, and we've got all this information, and we know this, and we know that. So, when do you go back to normal? Uh, I don't know if you if you feel the same way on that. Oh, absolutely. You know, this morning I was running here in Montreal outside in a park, and um, another runner, a young guy, maybe 25 years old, had a mask running mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. a mask uh, up th- on his nose, you know, so it's sad, it's sad. And, you know, you can walk on, on the street in Montreal and you see people with a mask outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- these people are very scared and uh, they may have their two vaccines. So why uh, uh, for me, uh, you know, I don't want any new normal. And um, I try to have a normal life during these uh, draconian lockdowns here in Canada. But other people um, are still afraid and it can take time. And like you said, you know, the 
the cure is worse than the disease. Um, and uh, actually, it's very hard to convince the population on our side because also you have the big tech the, that are censoring us on social media. And so it's very difficult to have this, this other uh, point of view there. I did an interview on my show, the Max Bernier show, and uh, with a couple of doctors. And uh, it's, uh, you know, you have the warning, and uh, it's it, it's hard to you have that and you have all that cancel culture the woke culture uh, all at the same time so it's a, it's a challenging time for freedom fighters like us. Mm. Do you think that in the West maybe things have been so easy and comfortable and peaceful for such a long time now that people just take all of this stuff for granted? Because that's what it seems. Uh, it's the same in different countries, whether in the US, UK, people who have actually lived under communism or some sort of dictatorship or whatever it is, they tend to be the people who are the most, who, who value the freedom the most, and who are the first to sort of ring the alarm bell when they start seeing the governmental overreach happening. Whereas people who are maybe born and bred in the UK their whole life or Canada their whole life, or California or New York or whatever, it's like they don't value freedom and liberty. I've even seen on Twitter, I'm reading some threads and people are like, you know, I'm tired of people talking about freedom. I'm tired of people talking about liberty. Like this is about safety and this and that. And it sort of blows my mind because one of the things I value most about the Western world in general is people do have liberty and, and freedom. And that, and that came at a very heavy cost. I mean, even in, in Europe, you know, there, there's been world in the last hundred years, we've had World War One and World War Two even. And these were literally battles of, you know, freedom versus tyranny. Right. You know, you've got two two ideologies battling and people literally fought. Millions of people died to defend freedom and to, and to acquire freedom and liberty. And now it's like millions of people are dying to just give it away you know like they want to just give it away throw it all down the drain and say we've had enough we're tired of freedom we're tired of liberty i mean it, it's so odd that anyone opposes that because really we are guys like myself and yourself we're speaking for their rights yeah. right they're, they're trying to take away rights or lose their own rights and we're saying like we're not even saying hey you're not allowed to you're not allowed to wear a mask or you're not allowed to it's like no you could you do what you want you make your own choice you do what makes most sense for you, but let everybody else do the same. It's a very simple, actually a very liberal, <laughs> it's a very liberal message, right? But then people start attacking you or attacking me and saying, you don't care about this or you're selfish or you're that. Whereas actually what's extraordinarily selfish is trying to force people to dress a certain way, not see their friends and family, not go outside, not go on vacation, do this, do that. Like that's a far more selfish demand. Uh, absolutely. And uh, when I was in jail, I can tell you that after that, uh, on social media, and some people were telling me, uh, Maxime, uh, it's good for you. You didn't did not respect the health order, so you're a politician. You must respect uh, uh, health order. So you know, too bad for you if you were in jail. Uh, mm -hmm. That was a kind of a reaction that I had. Uh, they, they did not realize that, you know, it's it's important. I'm a politician. I must have the right to speak in the park publicly. Uh, and, you know, you're doing that only in a communist country. You put mm -hmm. your opponent in, in, in jail to be sure that they won't be able to reach people. 
so so uh, I was I was very surprised with that kind of reaction that I had after uh, being in jail. But that being said, you're absolutely right. People they think that uh, security is more important right now than freedom, and they're they're ready to give a lot. And, and um, but they must realize that there's a cost, and now the government it can take more and more that's only the beginning so that's why we have to be vigilant we have to be out there because i believe that uh, these uh, politicians really enjoy um really enjoyed their time you know they didn't have any opposition uh, the premier of quebec uh, is popularity it's uh, up to the to the roof about 65 mm. percent the the premier of canada justin Trudeau, is also very popular so they use these uh, 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 urgency and health order, uh, and uh, and they didn't have any opposition, so they like that. And if we don't fight now, they will find another reason to impose us more uh, draconian measures. And uh, so that's why I'm saying to people, you know, <laughs> be with us, come, and and uh, you cannot take your freedom for granted. And it's um, it's so it's so scary right now, I'm, um, but I'm optimistic. Uh, I believe that the reason will prevail, and mm. more and more people will come and will understand that all, with all the data and all the statistics that we have after a year and more than a year, we know that that virus was not dangerous for people under 70 years old uh, in shape. And here in Canada, 80% of the deaths uh, were coming from older people mm -hmm. uh, with comorbidities. And I think it's about the same all across uh, the world. The whole, the whole world. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's the same across the whole world. And we've had that information for more than one year. Yeah, so, so, so I hope these people will look at the data and you know understand that you cannot uh, break an economy, stop an economy and... Uh, and the you know like i said in my speeches every business is essential everybody is essential uh, everybody must be able to do what they want to do uh, that's why i'm in politics to fight against a big fat government that is telling you what to do in your day-to-day -day life uh, so i don't want that i want a smaller government that will respect our constitution respect our our, our charter of rights and uh, won't interfere in provincial jurisdiction uh, so uh, we we need to go back to the real uh, classical liberal values. Mm -hmm. Why is it that you recognize this need for freedom and liberty, but many people, whether they're, you know, certainly not most politicians, but most people in general don't? Why do you think that? Because I know prior to this whole pandemic situation, you were talking a lot about liberty and freedom and smaller government, all of that. So where do you think those values come from? Is that something you've always believed or is that something that's developed over time? Yeah, for me, you know, I'm coming from a, a little town, Saint-Georges-de-Beauce, uh, near Quebec City, uh, Afro-all, Afro-burned, and my dad was an entrepreneur. And so, you know, I know that uh, freedom and uh, personal responsibility is important. That was part of my education when I was younger. And, uh, and I've read a lot, you know, Mises and Hayek. And, uh, you know, I learned more uh, by myself than uh, being at university. 
uh, it, 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 over there, you know, now it's all work and uh, you don't, on the economy, it's all a socialist uh, economy or Keynesian economy that you're learning over there. So f myself, I learned a lot. And also I was VP of a think tank in Montreal called the Montreal Economic Institute, a free market think tank. And we, uh, we did that battle uh, together to just to inform and educate the population in Quebec and in Canada uh, about the real free market policies. Uh, so it's uh, for me, it's so important. And that's why we created the People's Party of Canada. And when I'm saying that we are doing politics differently, it's uh, because we, we, what we are doing, it's based on principles and our party is based on four principles, individual freedom, personal responsibility, respect and fairness. And all our policies are in line with these uh, four principles. So we don't have a new political platform at every election. Uh, I think it's too important. And we want to educate or inform the population. And I believe uh, that, you know, we try to reach their intelligence and not playing with their emotion. So that's different than traditional politicians that mm. they do survey and polling and they try to know what you want to hear. And after that, they repeat that. They want to have your support. So for us, you know, speaking against the lockdowns was not popular uh, 14 months ago, but I knew it was the only thing to do for a better country. Mm -hmm. So I did it. I took the risk. And now we have more and more support. And yes, we're still a minority, yes. but it's coming from my education, I believe, and, and from my reading and um, from my time in business also. I was in the private sector. I was VP of a an insurance corporation and a national bank here in Canada. So I, I, uh, it was at that time when I jumped into politics in 2006, it was more for the economy and being sure we'll have more freedom, lower taxes or less government. But now uh, in 2021, yes, the economy is important, but it's, I think it's more important to save our Western civilization values right now with these extreme leftists everywhere um, in university, uh, they're everywhere. So we need to be out there and to explain that, you know, this country has been built, built on Western civilization values. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, now they try to put us in, uh, in a, you know, in a corner, you're a white man, you're a white man, you're a black. <laughs> or you're a, so no, for me, you're a Canadian and you're a Canadian. Actually, I have an anecdote. When we, uh, at the last election in 2019, we had 315 candidates and we received a call from a journalist and the journalist asked us, how many gays do you have as candidates? How many black, <laughs> how many heteros, uh, not heteros, uh, lesbian do you have? And so all the other political parties answer these uh, crazy questions and we didn't answer the question. So the journalist called back and said, how come? We said, we don't know and we don't want to know. For <laughs> us, it's not important. We are, we are having good candidates and we are looking at them for their character, for that they believe. And I don't care if they're gay or lesbian or heterosexual or black or white. So, but can you believe? And the traditional establishment political parties were very proud to, oh, we have three gays or to put that. So now that's the politics of today, pandering to every mm -hmm. special interest group. We don't do that. For us, you're a person, you're a Canadian. And if you like our policies, I hope you'll vote for us. 
If not, that's okay. Vote for another party. Yeah, it blows my mind, man, because every time, you know, as I'm talking to you now and as I've watched your interviews over the years, I'm always just like, this is this is just common sense. It's pragmatic. It's fair. It's reasonable. It makes sense. It's like, it's honest. Um, and it, it blows my mind because, I mean, I feel I see the same, you know, in, in the USA, they had their election last year. Right. And. Uh, you know, in 2016, I'm there looking at it like, okay, how are how are Trump and Hillary Clinton the only options here? And then again, I'm like, okay, you know, like, and I'm I'm you know pretty sympathetic towards Trump, right? Like, if I were American, I would vote for him. But I'm still like, how are Trump and Biden the only options? There's 330 million people in this country with all these different ideas, and I'm just like, how is it? How is it always the case? I'm there looking at Canada and I, I'm hearing you talk and I'm hearing what you're saying and it all makes total sense to me. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is obvious, right? Like this is, <laughs> this is very, very clear. But then there's this thing that happens with people voting and they, I don't know. It's, uh, it's one of the very perplexing and confusing things about politics for me because people cl- people say that they want honesty. And they say that they want, you know, we want our politicians to be honest. We want the media to be honest. We want them to be on the side of the people. We want them to uphold our values. We want for liberty. What, what people say all of this, but then they go and they, they they will often vote for something very very different, which is, I, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of it. I, I I don't know where it just blows my mind. Yeah, but usually politicians are not so honest, and because because they just want to be in government. That's mm. their goal. And so with the technology today, the focus group, the polling, the survey, uh, they will tell you uh, everything that you want to hear. And after that, they'll be in government and maybe they'll do the opposite. Uh, and, and and for us, that's not the case. Uh, you know, we, we won't do that. And I really like what I'm doing. But uh, my goal is not uh, maybe, uh, yes, I hope a day I'll be prime minister of Canada. But that's not my end goal. I'm realistic. I want our ideas to win. And that's mm-hmm. the most important for me. The more I will speak about our freedom ideas, the better it will be, the more support we'll have, because I believe they're the best ideas. Freedom, personal responsibility, respect, fairness. And the more you speak about it, the more support you'll have. So contrary to a, a traditional politician, a politician will speak about something after doing some polling, when he he knows that he will have 40% of support at least, or 35 mm. And now he will try to speak about it and have a little bit more people on his side or her side. But for us, if we have only 20% of the population that uh, that agrees with, agree with us right now, uh, I'll speak about it. I'll speak about my values, and I know that it will grow. So I'm not looking to be in government. I'm looking for our ideas to win. And maybe I'll be in government a day. But uh, the most important, like I'm saying in, in Canada right now to the voters, I said, you know, you need our voice and we need your vote. So mm-hmm. help us to help you. If you like what I'm saying, if you if you believe in the common sense and, and what I believe, go and read our platform on our website. If you like that, I hope you support that us. But we need more support. And the more support we'll have, the more it will be important for us because we'll be able to influence 
these uh, traditional establishment politicians and we will do our debate in the mainstream media right mm. now we are canceled in the mainstream media so but uh, the more support we'll have the better it would be and that's that's why i'm in politics and that's what i like it's a challenge that i like but um, usually if you're a politician you'll do everything to be elected and that's why you know you'll you you won't uh, you won't stick to your principle and when you'll be in power you will be the, you'll do the opposite of what you said and mm -hmm. it happened uh, on a regular basis yeah i think out of those three values you mentioned i think the one of them that is arguably the most important but also the most controversial in the modern society in 2021 is personal responsibility i think on mass people are trying to abdicate personal responsibility right the mm -hmm. there's this whole notion going around which you know there's a kernel of truth to it which is that if people are allowed freedom and choice then they also have the freedom and choice to sometimes make bad decisions or decisions that not everybody will approve of you see this argument line in a lot of different things right even when we're talking about lockdowns and mask mandates and this and that and you know even uh the the injections now it's oh well if you let people have choice some people won't make the choice that i want them to make and so we need to mandate it and force it and use coercion and use threats and the threat of imprisonment and this and that to make people go which is a very um you know in certain parts of africa or the middle east or former soviet union etc like this is a that that's a general line of thinking right like that's that's how the general line of thinking is but again as someone who um i mean i myself i grew up in the middle east you know i grew up in saudi arabia so i've always seen the world from a few different angles and a few different ways of doing things so you know i'm not if a country like china did a, a lockdown and did you know this and this mandate then I disapprove of it, but it, it doesn't surprise me because it's like, okay, well, you know, China, it's run by the Chinese Communist Party. They're authoritarian. Um, it's a much more collective mindset. People are sort of used to this stuff and have accepted it to some degree. Um, but then when I'm looking at countries, yeah, you know, the UK, Canada, Australia, whatever, and they're putting out messages saying that, you know, people are, you, you can't, I mean, you can't leave your house. I mean, that's like the most insane. <laughs> Right. Like I, I'll use the words like totalitarian and oh, authoritarian yeah. and, and people will be like, oh, come on, Zuby, like you're you're using two big words. Right. You know, this isn't a tyranny. I'm like, bro, they made it illegal to leave your house. Yeah. They made it illegal to see your friends, see your family. Like if that is not totalitarian, if I can't call that totalitarian, then when can I use that word? Do they need to start knocking on the door with guns? It is. It is. And, and the worst of that is people decided to follow that uh, actually mm. you know uh, during christmas time in canada they were saying you know you cannot see your your friends you cannot see your family you must stay at home alone uh, i must admit that uh, my family didn't do that but can you believe <laughs> that people were listening to that i know yeah. that some people family didn't see each other for at least uh, a year mm -hmm. uh, so so yeah they are imposing that but at the same time the worst of all that people were following that so imagine the scare uh, to follow that uh, without having to uh, enforce it. it it happened in quebec actually during our lockdowns and, and curfew 
they did a survey and people wanted to have more curfew. Uh, so <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's crazy. It, it's wild, man. Honestly, it's crazy. I mean, I, I left the UK a couple of days ago and I mean, I, I'm, I think I'm just going to be a, a, world, a world traveler for the foreseeable future. But it, it's it's same. It's similar in the UK, man. I, I just I think Canada's a, a li- been a little bit worse actually than the UK. But I've just felt the same way. I mean, a government is going to do what a government's going to do. I understand that a lot of, a lot of politicians are power hungry. They're going to flex their power when they can, etc. Like I sort of expect that to a degree. Um, which is part of why I'm quite libertarian in the first place, because I'm like, okay, well, that's just what they're going to do. But when I see so many people, like the general public, going along with it and looking at me like I'm the bad guy for opposing it or questioning it, that makes me feel more uncomfortable. To me, that's a bigger concern because, you know, ultimately the power lies with the people. Ultimately, you know, the power always lies with the people. And so if... I don't know, 40, 50 million people in the UK are like in favor of lockdowns or in favor of the, I'm like, oh my gosh, man, like that's not, like that's not, <laughs> if it was, if the government said, okay, we're going to do a lockdown, right? And then the majority of people were like, no, like we're, we're not doing this. We need to run our businesses. We want to see our friends. We want to see our family, whatever. We'll take whatever precautions we take. Like if there had been a big pushback, then I'd be like, okay, cool. You know, the government tried it, but the people but when the people are like oh yes exactly oh no actually no you're not doing enough we want more we want stronger curfews we want more lockdowns we want more mandates we want to make this man i was like i can't stay here you know it was just so uncomfortable for me as someone who's very freedom and liberty minded it's just like i don't i don't like where this is going this is a it's a it's a bad trend it's going in the wrong direction yeah but we still have some uh, places like Florida when the mm-hmm. governor is very good and you know he said no in the beginning to all that and uh, a lot of people are going there actually I'll be there for holidays uh, okay fall. cool maybe I'll, maybe I'll see you there yeah yeah I'll be there <laughs> I like to go on the west coast uh, so but um, yeah it's uh, at least you have Florida Texas and and some states that didn't uh, play that game Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know they were a minority, and uh, here in Canada we have to do a lot of education, and uh, that's that's what we are doing. But actually, it's going not too bad. Uh, I, I look at a, a, an official poll, and in Alberta we were at nine percent, and for a new political party after three years, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. On average, in Canada we were around four or five percent. So, uh, you know, we at the last election, we had 1.6% of the vote. The first year, first election, uh, I think it went not too bad if you compare that with the Green Party of Canada, that after 20 years and six elections, it took them 20 years and six elections to have more than 1.6% of the vote. And mm-hmm. we did that in one year, our first year, our first election. And now the Green Party is about at 6 7% after 35 years. And if we are, we are at uh, nationally, maybe 4 or 5%, that's good. And so there's a lot of education, but we are there to do that. And uh, I won't uh, leave uh, our country. I'll stay there. I'll do the battle here. And I, I believe that we will win, but I don't know when. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you, what do you, think is in the, what do you think is in store for the future of Canada? Which way do you see the country trending 
Yeah, now I must admit, uh, like other countries, we are in a socialist era. It's everywhere. In the university, uh, journalists, uh, politicians, actually the, the Conservative Party of Canada that was supposed to be conservative and free market, <laughs> just uh, the leader, new leader, Aaron O'Toole, said that, oh no, his party has to be more, has to go more to the left. And why? Because he, he wants to be in government. So that party is not conservative anymore and they have the same policies than the Liberal Party of Canada. So so that's why I'm saying we are in a socialist era. Uh, I, I think that Justin Trudeau may win the next election for a majority of four years. So that would be more spending, more deficit, uh, a big government in Canada, in Ottawa, that will interfere in provincial jurisdiction. Um, I don't, I'm not optimistic for the near future, but um, that's why we need to be there. And actually, you know, we don't have any competition. When I'm seeing any competition as a real free market, conservative, uh, populist party in Canada, we are the only one. So now we need to grow our support and we'll do that step by step. But I believe that in the next four or, 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 or six or seven years, it will be, uh, it can be worse. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll have inflation in Canada, as you may know, like in US, the, the central bank here is printing money out of thin air, same thing like the Fed, and we are paying for that. Actually, the, the Bank of Canada financed the, the, the huge deficit that Justin Trudeau did, $350 billion last year, and uh, that was uh, financing financed by the Bank of Canada. And when you do that, you print money. And when you print money, as you know, you create inflation. Mm -hmm. And that's the new tax, the Trudeau's inflation tax. It's there. If you do your grocery right now here in Canada, you'll have about 4 or 5% inflation. So uh, everybody will be poor. Uh, and, and, our, uh, and the government won't hesitate to violate our freedoms. Uh, so we need to be there, we'll be there, we'll fight, we maybe we'll be the only one to do it, but we'll do it. And uh, it can take time, it can take times before we go back to uh, what we had before, more freedom and less government. And uh, But I don't see the next couple of years um, very, uh, very bright for our country. And not only our country, uh, other countries also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. It's strange how globally coordinated a lot of this stuff is. If it were just one country or two countries that were going down this path and, you know, implementing some of these weird, irrational, illogical seeming policies, etc., then that would be one thing. But when it's like, you know, you see it happening in the UK, Ireland, USA, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, France, Italy, Germany, like it that's when it's scary because you're just looking around and you're just like, wait, hang on. And, you know, January 2020, <laughs> we were pretty normal, right? Like yeah, yeah. if you were to go back to just the beginning of last year yeah. and tell people, okay, this is what's going to happen in the next year and a half. And you even gave them the data and the statistics, <laughs> right? They would just be like, what do you No, that That's not possible. Like, come on, man. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. And inch by inch, step by step, here we are. It's all happened very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and we learn a lot from from uh, that time and uh, during that time, that crisis, like uh, you tweeted about that, you know, government mm -hmm. and now 
can influence the population and and the population will follow uh, so uh, I think you know there's a big challenge for us freedom fighters but it, it's it's we need to do it we need to mm -hmm. do it if we don't do it it would be uh, even worse so so yes and um, uh, all these elites at the international levels and in government and the bureaucrats, they, they, they are all together and they are pushing for their agenda. So we need to be vigilant, uh, and, vigilant and, and we are, but um, it would be a tough time. Mm. What do you think is the agenda? That's because that's a question. I have my own answer on this, but that's something a lot of people have been asking me throughout this, especially people who are more trusting of the government or think that the intentions behind all this are more benevolent. Um, I'm getting a lot of people asking me, okay, well, if it's not about, if it's not about health and safety, then, you know, what do you think is the goal? So what do you think is the agenda? Well, the agenda is uh, for sure. Um, these uh, politicians and international organizations uh, want to control uh, mm -hmm. and they want to control and, and they think that they're doing that for the best of the, of, of the society. Uh, they think that they know better. You know, it's all about planning and now uh, and a little of control. So uh, the real agenda is to, uh, you know, try to impose their point of view on the on on our population. And um, so I really I know that uh, the World Health Organization is a very power, powerful organization. Uh, mm -hmm. They have a lot of influence and they are influencing a lot of bureaucrats across the, the world. So uh, they, they, they want to have more power. They want to have more influence. And uh, and they think and they I think they believe that they think that they're doing that for the good of, uh, of the society. Uh, mm -hmm. But they are not. Uh, so and and if you don't stop that right now, they will they will have more kind of authoritarian measures in the future. So so that's why I said in our political party, you know, we won't uh, we won't give money to the UN. We will be part of the UN, but uh, we won't uh, participate in all their crazy socialist uh, socialist policies. Uh, same thing for the World Health Organization. We want to bring uh, keep our sovereignty as a, as a country. Mm -hmm. and fight for Canadians first and not international organization. So I think that's very popular with the population when I'm saying that, you know, we don't need to have the influence of these international organizations. Uh, they are there and they try to push their agenda and their agenda, it's a kind of a control agenda. And, um, and maybe we'll have uh, uh, climate change uh, lockdowns because that's the, that's their pet project also mm -hmm, maybe that's mm -hmm. part of their agenda they try okay we did a lockdowns for a virus maybe why not doing a lockdowns for saving the, the planet mm -hmm. but as you know for me there's no climate uh, alarmism and i don't believe in that climate hyster history uh, but that can be the second step also yeah yeah it's it's very it's very weird. What what is it that keeps you motivated and keeps you fighting throughout all this? Because obviously you could take the easy path and you could just uh, you know chill out and relax and not get involved in all of this. So what is it that every single day for these for all of all of these years during this difficult time? What is it that personally keeps you motivated? 
but first is is the ideas and also the people you know when i'm traveling and i'm meeting people and, and they are telling me maxim you are less option you're the only option your party i don't want your party to change i said it won't change you know it's it's a different political party and uh, mm -hmm. but the support that i have for people the energy that they are giving me and uh, and i know that I, i'm doing something good for them and for the country on the long term so and you know I like I'm a, I like football and I was playing football when I was younger and I always support the underdog. So <laughs> we are the underdog, uh, but we and that's a nice challenge. And I like these uh, huge uh, challenges. And this one is a big one. So let's uh, go. And uh, I have my motivation every day when I'm seeing people and they give me, you know, a thumb ups and say you're doing a good job and so i know that it's very tough you have uh, uh, the mainstream media that would be against you but uh, you know i'm listening to what i believe and what i think is good for this country we have a vision for this country so we just want to speak about it and i like to do that i like to be with people i like to speak about good ideas and freedom ideas and i'm not scared uh, that uh, you know we may not uh, be uh, the official opposition or I may not be in government after the, the next election it's okay step by step we'll achieve something so mm -hmm. what is um, it's a challenge I like the challenge and it's a huge one awesome man no doubt well you have my respect you have my support I'm not a Canadian so uh, I can't I can't vote in any way but I've been it's been awesome to talk to you I love your ideas I think you're brave, courageous, honest. I like that you're sticking with your principles and your convictions and you're just simply trying to send a message of freedom, liberty, personal responsibility and fairness. Um, I don't think any of that should be controversial in any sort of way, shape or form. Thank you. Thank you. And also thank you for the fight that you're doing. Uh, and, you know, we are all in together right now too. And there's not a lot of people like us. So I appreciate what you're doing. And uh, I hope I'll see you in Florida when I'll be there. <laughs> no doubt, man. We'll make it happen. And uh, last thing, Maxime, if people want to find out more about you, check you out online, what's the best place for them to go? Yeah, they can go on my Twitter account, Maxime Bernier Twitter account, or, or the, the website of the party, peoplespartyofcanada.ca. They have our platform. Everything is there. And so they can go and read our platform, support us, support us if they want. But every day I'm very active on Twitter. So and also I have a show on YouTube called Max, the Max Bernier show. I'm doing an interview every uh, every week. So but the, they can find us on social media for sure. And um, thank you for giving me that opportunity to speak to your audience also. You're most welcome. Maxime Bernier, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.